0: Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. If you're just visiting with us today, um, we say it all the time in church, I, I, I share this in circles. Um, There's a lot of individuals who grew up in church and for whatever reason have walked away from the church Um, There's a lot of individuals that are in our community. Maybe you're even sitting in our audience today um, Where you're skeptical Um, You're skeptical about church. You're skeptical about um, You know, why should I uh, really really commit my time and and energy and effort and who is this jesus? And and really i'm not seeing much and part of that reason is is Um through the years there are some not all but there are some churches that do a lot of talking about doing good um but there's not a lot of follow-up, but there's not a lot of action. Um, one of the things that we share all the time, and this is Pastor Jim Seringa. He's our missions pastor and discipleship pastor here at our church. Um, one of the things that we try to encourage our church body is, is to be the hands and the feet of Christ, to be doers, to be known for what you do, not what you don't do as Christians. And this past week, um, Pastor Jim and I had the privilege, along with Pastor Tommy, to be able to join with some incredible young students from our church um, who answered a call, which I'm going to ask Pastor Jim to talk about in just a second, uh, to be able to go down to a little place called Nahapa, Nicaragua, and to continue a work that has been going on there for uh, over a decade, almost 16, 17, maybe even almost 20 years, to be able to see a shantytown that could God do an incredible thing through the life of his people if they kept going back and kept ministering to a people group down in an impoverished area of Nicaragua? And so we're here to tell you a little bit about that story, to be able to celebrate, because you were a part of that. You were praying. You financially sacrificed. And you asked God's blessing upon a team last week to be able to go and to see what God could do in and through their lives. And so I'm excited to be able to share the platform today with Pastor Jim. And Pastor Jim, um, you talk a lot about calling. You know, 24 years in the International Mission Board, um, you talk a lot about calling. And so do, do, do me a favor, would you just share? Because there's some people in here that say, well, I'm not called to that, or, you know, mission trip I've never been on, but that's not my calling. Why don't you share a little bit of what you kind of shared with me earlier about calling?
1: Well, first of all, I want to thank you. Um, <clears> thank <throat> you. We met three times before we went on this trip. And the first time we had the students and the team uh, write out a prayer covenant that they would find five people in this body or five friends or five family members or mentors that would be consistent in praying for them before they went and while they were on this trip. And we felt your prayers uh, immensely while we were on this trip. So we thank you for that. Uh, In terms of call, admissions, we talk about call all the time. And... um, one of the things is that we talk about is it's not some myst- mystical thing that uh, we get this uh, voice in our head or we see a, a sign in heaven that, or the clouds make up the word go or something like that. But it's more of uh, being in the word daily, consistently. And then as you're in the word, you'll see um, the needs of the gospel needing to be proclaimed around the world. You, you'll see more of that as more you're in the word. Absolutely. And, then, and the call too then, Terry, to is, is not uh, am I called, but it's how am I called. You know, where we called whether we're called to serve in the body, we're called to serve
0: in our, our local community, and they're also called to serve uh, internationally. Yeah, I learned that lesson a long time ago where many times I would sit in those pews and I would say, well, you know, what do I have to offer? You know, I don't have a specific gift to go on that trip. And the truth is, is the trips that I've gone on where I say, well, I'm not, uh, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I look buff and bad. I know that, but uh, you might find it surprising. Uh, construction's not my thing, um, but, Uh, If a team was going to do construction, I remember thinking and joining that team going, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, But it's incredible that it was on those trips that I just said, you know what, God, I just want to be. It's not about um, calling me to a specific trip. It's how I can be used on any specific trip um, if I have the opportunity to be a part of that. Um, We travel down, uh, the team travel down on Monday. I joined you guys on Tuesday, but on Monday you travel down and um, you were sharing with me a little earlier last service about uh, what you experienced with the team when you got off the plane and you got into this country. Why don't you share a little bit of that?
1: Right. We also talked in our meetings beforehand about uh, this is going to be a trip that's not going to be about you. This is going to be a trip that's about them. We're called to serve. We're called to love God. We want to serve and serve and love God, but we're also called to serve and love others. We came in on Sunday evening, actually, and uh, we came in at nighttime, so we really didn't get to see when we got into our bus to the, went to the camp. Um, Our students and our team really didn't get to see what was around us, but the sun came up the next
0: morning and. On the first day you were down there, um, the, the campus that we stay on, as many 20-some-odd t- acres uh, that we were staying on with a guest house and a lot of different um, facilities, diagnostic clinic, um, guest houses, um, different places where people come. Over 800 patients a month come into this um, area to be able to be ministered to, to find basic needs and medication. Uh, and so as they were there, our, our students, they, they had uh, their first jobs. And uh, as they were working on those jobs, they had questions. They were kind of wondering about Tell us a little bit about that experience.
1: Well, as you said, well, this is a medical clinic, but the first job, the first day we split the team in two and one team stayed on campus and painted trailers, just rollers and brushes and painted trailers. The other team went on to the school we work with and that we've helped build over the years. And they've got a tin roof that was rusting out as a new roof and part was really rusting already. So they scrubbed with brushes and then painted over that. And so they're like, okay, Pastor Jim, what does this have to do with missions? <laughs> Um, and so what we do is that we've come alongside Amos, and they have teams that come in um, and are sent out. We, they get their equipment there, and they're sent out more into the interior areas. And then these trailers are other uh, their equipment to take with them. And so we also empty out this trailer, cleaned it all out, organized it all for them. And so we, the, the purpose of all that was that we come alongside the teams uh, in Amos and help them As they can, because they're focused on on the medical things, they're focused on the people in the the town. But we came there this time for
0: this part is to help prepare the equipment for them. I remember um, talking with uh, Dr. Laura, who you saw on the screen, Dr. Laura Parahome, David and Laura Parahome are the mi- missionaries who uh, run Amos. And uh, I had an opportunity to connect with them again and uh, they were, um, a- I had an opportunity to share with our team over 16 years of me going and to be able to see all those buildings built to have a hand in a lot of those buildings, but to see the vision unpacked, um, to see a vision of not just uh, one-to-one, but a vision of over if God could use individuals cooperatively together? What kind of impact could we have in a community? And so I shared with our team, I said, you know, that building used to be a hospital and now it's a guest house because now the area has gotten so amazingly healthy that they don't have a need for a hospital right here. They have a hospital down the street And, and to be able to share stories and to see our students' eyes light up and to say, you know, those shipping containers that you're painting right now, they need those because there are teams that bring in medicine supplies as well as equipment that go into these. And if they deteriorate to such a point where they can't hold them, then that will impact the mission. And so your job this during this trip is to make their lives easier as they minister to others. And so as Dr. Laura was sharing with me, she thanked us and she said this, which you'd be very proud of our students. Um, We had a specific project each day. And after a couple of hours, I remember one of our students came and said, Pastor Terry, we finished, we we finished uh, painting. What, What do we do now? And I remember going to our contact and Dr. Laura and she looked and she goes, they're done already? And I said, yes. And she says, Pastor Terry, she said, we've had teams come through and do other of those trailers, the same job. And every one of those teams, it's taking twice as long to accomplish what your team has done. And so she says, we, we have we have more for, for you to do. And so then we got a new project. Um, but our students worked incredibly
1: hard. Yeah, I've, I've traveled quite a bit over my years and, and worked with a lot of teams, but this team here... Uh, these guys really rocked it, they worked hard. Absolutely, Um, you can
0: clap for that, absolutely. Um, One of the things that has touched our hearts is to sit and to meet with Dr. David and Laura and to be able to hear a report, to hear a report on, on how things are going. Um, and that little town in Nahapa, where we normally go, um, we've gotten to know the, the residents. We've gotten to walk into their homes, to see them sweeping their dirt floors. Um, to be able to see them uh, with their bathing station outside and out front, Um, to be able to see the the need for food um, and to see those needs, but to see joy as we walk down the streets and we hear our names called because they remember us because we've gone back. And one of the goals many years ago when Amos um, really, really took over uh, was that they would see senseless deaths of children and mothers that could be avoided by simplest of knowledge, and medication to be avoided. And I remember walking um, with Dr. Laura and her sharing with our team that this year was the first year that they saw no infant death and no pregnancies lost or moms lost due to simple causes that could be done by knowledge or medication. And that is simply by the hands. And she she attributes it to individuals and teams every single summer that come back and to be able to partner with them to see a community transformed, which was absolutely incredible. Jim, why don't you share, um, you were talking about um, on the field, you were talking about uh, a a young man named Enrique. Why don't you share a little bit uh, of his story really quick um, before we kind of move forward. Sure, Enrique uh,
1: was one of the gang leaders in the Hapa. And uh, for years, our teams from, from our church would go and, um, and there's a field out there about, about three quarters of a mile from, from the campus that we were staying at that we go there every day in the afternoon just to, to play with the kids, have kickball games, baseball games and whatnot. And uh, Enrique would always be sitting on the sidelines with his uh, gang uh, members and being really tough. And many times in the past, uh, Caroline Serker said, we can't talk to them. They're too dangerous. Um, A few years ago, maybe eight years ago, nine years ago now, um, my son was there and he was able to, he was a big guy, wasn't scared of much, he spoke Spanish and so he invited Enrique along with uh, one of our other students, invited Enrique to come play soccer with them. a simple little gesture, come play soccer. The following year somebody from another team came since since they broke that barrier some from another team came and shared Christ with Enrique. Now Enrique is one of the leaders in that, uh, that village and he even protects some of our, our people that go there.
0: Yeah, last year we had a team member who lost their sunglasses lost that were taken from her, from one of the, the members it's, it's of the community. It was a camera actually. Um, a camera. And uh, all of a sudden we see Enrique running down uh, away from the field. And next thing we see him dragging one of the kids back with a camera and made the individual apologize. So we have protection now by Enrique. Uh, But what was really special to me was to hear my name called and to turn and to look and to see Enrique on this trip. And Enrique no longer is a young man. Enrique is a man. And the smile on his face when he pointed down to his son. And what a joy it was to be introduced to his son and his family. Um, But we just wanted to share with you, church, that um, if you ever sat there and wondered what can be done, what can be changed, I mean, it's so bad off. I mean, there's, there's really no hope. We're here to tell you, when you invest long-term, when a church like ours says, we will go, and not only go once, we will go back, you see God do incredible things and change the lives of not only one person, but entire community.
1: It's when the body loves on people. That's right. They love God, they love on people, and that's what our kids did in the afternoons they would have the opportunity to, to play with the kids in the community, at the field. And there was love on them and, and hang all over them. And it was just fun.
0: Absolutely. Um, Pastor Jim, I'm going to ask if you would uh, just uh, to close this portion of our service. I'll just ask you to, to pray not only for Nicaragua, but to thank God for um, our church, for our kids, for the incredible job that they did. So can you do that for us? Let's pray.
1: Father, we are humbled to, to think that you'd even want to use us to share your love with others in a place like Nahapa, Nicaragua. that seems so far away from our life here, Lord, and we just know that uh, you are involved in that. We want to be a part of what you're involved with. Thank you for choosing those you chose for this trip to come as um, you have worked in the lives of them and they have poured their hearts out and their love to others there in Nahapa. Father, we just want to to praise you that we're going to see more things take place in the future of your love uh, in that place being shared by our people here in ocean view and then also not just that lord but we just pray for this body here that we will see that we are all called to something here in this local body here in our community and then again internationally father thank you for these opportunities that we have to serve you
0: and we love you today and thank you so much we pray in jesus name amen Amen. Would you do me a favor and just uh, give God praise for bringing Pastor Jim to us. If you're visiting with us, um, today's a unique Sunday. It's a very, very different Sunday for us as we talk a little bit about our team from Nicaragua. But also today is, um, as you notice up front, today's an opportunity to celebrate what we call Lord's Supper. Um, I remember sitting in pews for many, many years. I grew up in a different denomination growing up and I remember I'd come to church and I would sit and a, a, a pastor would get up or a priest would get up and they would say, we're gonna have Holy Communion. And I remember sitting there and, and because I was a part, and because I had done it all the time, I would participate. But if you were to really ask me, what am I truly doing? If you were really asking me, what is communion? What is the Lord's Supper? Um, I probably would have an answer for you that'd be close. But if I was honest, I probably would say, you know, I'm not really 100% sure. If you're sitting there today, just very briefly, um, before we partake in the Lord's Supper, I just want to walk you through a a couple of different um, scriptures. And it might bring insight into how special this is. Um, If you're not a Christian, I I encourage you um, to pay really close attention. Because this meal that we as Christians Partake in is very, very dear and sacred to our hearts for a lot of different reasons. And, and so if, if you're not a Christian, I, I hope that you will learn at least a little bit about why we participate in what we call communion. It really starts all the way back in the Garden of Eden. It really starts back when God created man and put him on the earth. And God's had a first command for man that I, I think a lot of us maybe in this room don't realize, that the first command from God to man was the following. Take a look at this in Genesis 2.16. But the Lord God warned and commanded him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. Now that goes on to say, but don't touch that apple or that tree. You remember this. But the first command he says is eat. Eat freely. Partake. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about the definition of eat. And a lot of us, we take it for granted. But look at the definition of eat. Eat is to consume. To receive that which nourishes. It's sustenance. It's a matter of life and death. In other words, what you consume becomes a part of you and gives you life. And so the first command that God says to us is, Eat, consume, take in. You might find it interesting that there's a last command that God gives in the Bible. You can look it up a little. I'm going to show you in just a second. But the last command that God gives to Christians in the Bible is this. Take a look. This is from Revelation 22:17. 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And you look at that definition of drink and here's what it means. To take in liquid, but I love this definition even greater. To watch or listen to something with eager pleasure or interest. To drink it up. And so God's first command to Christians is to eat, to consume, to be a part of. His last command is to drink up the experience. To drink it up and consume. You know, when I look at my Bible, I look at that first command, and I look at that last command. And in between are all the pages of God's story. And so it's a command to me to say, Terry, as a Christian, you are to eat, to allow me to be a part of you, to drink it up, to consume all of the story and all of the lessons and all the commandments, to make them a part of your life. And so that's why in our church, I encourage all of our church members to read through the Bible, to consume. There's a lot of people who talk a lot about Christianity. But if you were to ask them today, have you ever read the Bible? The answer would be no. And I was challenged as a student a long time ago to say, Terry, if you are passionate about what you believe, don't you think it's really important to know what you believe? And that was a challenge for my life to say, if I'm going to base my life on something, I should know the answer to it, to eat, to drink. Well, Jesus Christ brought his disciples to a table. And I want you to pay very close attention to what he said. This is from Matthew 26, 26. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for it's my body. In other words, Jesus was saying this to you and I, you are a part of me and I'm a part of you. We are one in mission and one in mind. So Christians in the room, when you partake today and you eat that bread, what you're really saying is, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior and I am a part of you. You are a part of me. That it's your life in me and I'm on mission for you. It's not what I want or I desire but it's what you want. And so when we come to this table, it's a sacrificial table. It's a way for us to say, whoa, what am I doing in my life? This is not about me. This is about him. It's an opportunity to prepare our hearts and to remind ourselves of why we're here. There's a second thing that he said this in Matthew 26, 27, 28, and he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and he said, each of you drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And Jesus said to drink freely, to experience all of who I am. Here's the sad truth in this room today. There are many Christians who will come to this table today. There are many Christians who are going to eat And there are many that are going to drink that cup. And here's what I want to challenge you with. When you drink that cup, what you're really saying is, Jesus, you are so powerful that your blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. That it conquered death. It conquered all of my struggles, all of the iniquities, everything. That if I I am a part of you and you are a part of me, then there is no fear. Then no longer do I doubt. No longer do I say I can't. No longer do I say I'm not pretty enough, not good enough because of what I drink, I experience and I drink freely and I believe you're a part of me. And so I can do all things. This table means so much more than just elements. And so in just a second, I'm going to pray and our servant leaders are going to serve. And I want you to be mindful of what you're partaking in today. Let me take care of some housekeeping things. There are two logistics that all of us need to be mindful of when we come to this table. and first and foremost is it's a family meal, which means that if you're not a Christian in this room, this is in no means meant to isolate you or separate you, but what it is meaning is this: I would never expect you to participate in a meal that you really don't believe in. This is not just an action. this is a belief. And so if you're not a Christian in this room, as the plates are passed in front of you, I just encourage you to take the plate and pass it to the person next to you. There's no judgment. I would never expect you to participate in something that you don't believe in. The second thing is, is for Christians in this room, you need to make sure that your heart is in the right place, that you really understand as you come to this table what you are partaking in. And so I'm gonna pray, and it's our opportunity to ask God's... Forgiveness to shine a light on what separates us and to forgive us of our sins and that our hearts would be right and that we would have a new beginning today of saying, God, I believe and I trust in you. So would you join with me as we pray and ask God's blessing on this time? Father, um, I'm humbled to be able to participate today in this meal. Thank you for the reminder that this is not about me, that this is about you. And so God, right now, as believers of Christ in this room, Search our hearts. If there be anything between you and any of us, God, bring it to our thoughts right now. And Father, right now, we say that we repent. God, it's our desire to have a clean hands and a clean heart as we come to this table, to believe and to trust that you are a part of us and can do all things in and through us. So Father, forgive us of our sin. Cast it as far as the east is from the west, Father. And we trust you and believe in you to do that. Father, right now in this moment, as we prepare to receive these elements, we ask your blessing upon them. We love you, Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.